0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Critically Reclaimed. This is a podcast where where we we watch movies, we
1: reclaim them for for our own,
0: for our purposes. Uh, Now, this is where we watch uh, older movies that one or both of us film critics have not seen, as selected by our patrons, and we review them. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, My name is
1: Whitney Seibold. I too am a critic. Full-time uh, full, full time as of today Yay! Congratulations, buddy You deserve uh, yeah, it I, uh, I landed a gig at uh, Slash Film they, yeah. they liked my work uh, So they said, hey, can you do more of that? Can you do it for eight hours a day? And I'm like, sure <laughs> <clears throat> I'll do that eight hours a day, why not? So, I'm so proud of you um, Today I wrote not one, but two articles Ooh. About the actor John Billingsley Who played Dr. Flox on Star Trek Enterprise That's awesome they, they sort of have started pushing Star Trek stories my way, because I've seen a lot of it. I, because it's your, it's your speciality. And and uh, even today, one of my uh, fellow writers, there's a big team of writers yeah, in right, Slash Film, and they're, they're all very there. talented. Yeah. And uh, one of them was writing an article about Star Trek and said, hey, what can you tell me about this one episode? It's like, ah, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> sit down, child. <laughs> Let me pull up a brandy and... Yeah. Tell you the story of how unfairly the character of Kess was treated on Star Trek Voyage. Let's
0: let's be honest here. You walked in there dressed like a youth pastor and turned a chair backwards and said, let's "Let's rap. rap. (laughs) Well, let's rap. Seriously, congratulations. And everyone, if you aren't following Whitney's work at Slash Film, I'm I'm sure he links to it in his social media. But also make sure you check out Slash Film for Whitney's stuff. Because there's a reason we've been working together for 10 years. It's because... I really respect the hell out of this guy and his insights and his, his talent. And it's just been an honor to work with you. And I'm so glad after, you know, it's been a rough couple of years in the industry. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find work. I'm working less than I used to. And, uh, you deserve an outlet. I'm I'm just so proud of you.
1: I'm very happy to have it, and they're they're even talking about like and and when you're here for five years, you get this benefit. It's like, oh, Ooh. I get to be here for five years. Ooh, that's so promising. That's great. Congratulations. <clears throat> and, and, and I did and I did warn them that my opinions are unpopular
0: because <laughs> that's gotten me into trouble in the past. It has, it has. But that means you found a good place. I'm yeah. really glad. Um, but anyway, this is critically reclaimed. As I said, we review movies. Listen, we're film critics. We've been film critics, professional film critics, for over a decade now, mm. uh, and. Avid film lovers for decades prior, uh, but there's still movies we haven't seen.
1: Oh, golly, there's plenty we There's always seen.
0: something you haven't seen. I who you are. I don't care if you're Leonard Maltin. There's always something you haven't seen. Mm. So this is a show dedicated to us selecting every week a different streaming service. We cycle through them, and then we each pick two films each that we haven't seen, mm. and we leave it to our patrons to decide. And uh, this time we were looking at international cinema on, I think it was HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. And the winner of the poll was a film by Pedro Almodovar, an incredibly prolific Spanish filmmaker uh, whose films really started getting a ton of respect in America around the time of the late 90s, with his films All About My Mother, which won uh, the Academy Award, but he had been well-respected in the art house community for forever.
1: Uh, All About My Mother was sort of like... I the, guess like the, the the biggest major crossover like, hit like, that like, came out in '99, like the mainstream um,
0: film that like everyone can enjoy. Yeah, his uh, his
1: his first he made his first film in, in 1980. It was called Peppy yeah. Lucy Bomb. Uh, the first one that really started getting traction in the United States was Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, right? Which came out in '87 mm. or, or '88. Excuse me, it, it was uh, 1988, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's when his films really started to sort of. Started, started making waves with the art house crowd in the United States. I, I guess it's a matter of perspective. I remember
0: when I was growing up, uh, Alma was a film. His films would, would get released here, which is not yeah. everyone from not every European filmmaker and, uh, did. But it he, wasn't until Quirkily, uh, yeah. he
1: credited himself just by his last name. Almodovar. A film by Almodovar.
0: uh, Which, you know,
1: we we do in discussions of film anyway, but that was the first time I saw a filmmaker do that. Yeah, but I
0: remember when All About My Mother came out in the late 90s, that was the one that won him an Academy Award, and it felt like to a lot of people in the States... They finally gave him their stamp of approval. Okay, fine, we will accept you as a real filmmaker and not a filmmaker who works internationally, mm-hmm. which is this very condescending attitude we had towards a lot of it. Uh, uh, international filmmakers. Okay, but what have you done that Americans can enjoy without having to have a bunch of stuff explained to them? Um, which is fucked up. All About My Mother is a brilliant fucking movie. Oh, it's wonderful. It's an absolutely wonderful movie, and that's no slight to that. It's just, it feels like people sometimes look over some of his earlier work and uh, we're talking about a film that was really controversial when it came out. It was NC-17 mm.
1: for explicit sexuality, and, of and which was, is really not much. Uh, well, I get, I'm going to talk about that, but uh, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of like the angle for Time Me Up, Time Me Down. It yeah. was, uh, there was some bondage, yeah. not, but not used in an explicitly sexual way in the movie. Nope. There was just some bondage that was Vaguely linked to the sexuality, yeah, and yeah, there were some pretty explicit sex scenes where it was, right.
0: but it's really
1: legs and butts in certain positions that you weren't used to seeing yeah. in a lot of mainstream feature films.
0: And but we'll talk about like why it got that rating and uh, why some people, yeah, uh, were against the film and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's just jump right in to mm. tie me up, tie me down, a- aka
1: atame. si puedes, deja de pensar por un momento en ti misma y piensa un poquito en los demás, ¿no crees? No sé cómo estar, bien por
0: lejos de Tengo 23 años y 50.000 pesetas y estoy solo en el mundo. Intentaré ser un buen marido para ti. Time Me Up, Time Me Down stars a young Antonio Banderas as a uh, someone who was just being released at the beginning of the film from a mental institution.
1: And uh, it, it, by the way, if, if you're not familiar with Pedro Almodovar, mm-hmm. um, like his style, uh, he, he is just an endlessly vivacious filmmaker. Yeah, he, he uses very soul, very
0: vibrant, very a, lively. a lot
1: of a lot of very. Um, he, he plays in. A, this I don't think this is too unfair a description. Sort of a soap opera mold, mm-hmm. where stories are uh, tend to be like pretty elaborate, and the characters mm-hmm. are really larger than life, and they're going through yeah. very very dramatic times in their yeah, life. They, where they, several dramas are they, happening. They make at once. very
0: extreme decisions sometimes yeah, that affect and, uh, their lives. It's not. It's these aren't films. These might be films that are grounded in the real world, some more so than others, uh, but uh, they are not subtle.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. As he's aged, his films have gotten a little bit like calmer and more sophisticated. But this is right when he's swinging for the walls and is just super energetic and everything is super colorful in his movies. Yeah. Uh, Would he ever shoot in black and white? No! He would never (laughs) shoot in black and white! He couldn't decorate his kitchens in aqua and electric orange. He'd have to find new shades of gray in order to make that work. Um, But
0: anyway, uh, uh, Antonio Banderas plays a young man who has just emerged from a mental institution. He's been declared sane. Even he is just like, you know, I'm not, right? And they're like, yeah, but the judge says you are, so it's fine. I'm going to do violence if you (laughs) let me go. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, it's fine. Um, And uh, he immediately, immediately. Gets well, on a bus Plans
1: a kidnap Plans
0: a kidnap He gets on a bus He has an obsession With uh, A famous uh, Adult film star mm. uh, And
1: f- f- uh, Former of the adult industry And now uh, mm. break, Trying to break into Non-sex films
0: Yeah uh, uh, She's played by Victoria Abril. Um, he Sneaks onto the set Of a horror film That she is starring in It's the last day Of the, of the production mm. And And uh, he steals, steals a bunch things. of stuff. He yeah. steals a bunch of stuff. He starts wearing a bunch of the costumes. Nobody's noticing because it's a giant set and it's kind of easy to sort of just be in the crowd. If you look like you know, if you look like you're supposed to be there, people don't question it. Um and we get to we get a sense of the world that we're inhabiting here in which Uh, this adult star who has a history of substance abuse is having a big break. This is a really Mm. big opportunity for them to turn their whole life and career around. Uh, the filmmaker, uh, is, uh, probably making his last film. He recently had a stroke Mm. and he's in a wheelchair and he is treating this like it's his magnum opus. Um, he's also incredibly horny and wants to have sex with her. Mm. Uh, and, um, yeah, we get to see them film the final scene, and the final scene
1: of this horror movie. I think it's called like the Midnight Phantom. And I, I gotta, I gotta say, I would love to see that movie oh, yeah. that, that Pedro Almodovar directing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's where she's confronted by this mysterious masked killer. And yeah, it and looks he's completely ridiculous. He, he's
0: this giant muscle bound hunk mm. wearing like leather gear and straps, but he's also wearing this really elaborate. It's like he it looks like one of the giant bar, uh, one of the giant like barbarian gladiators from the movie Gladiator. Like you can't see his face, mm. and there's this confrontation where he's obsessed with her, and she says yes, but. Yeah, show me your face. Why don't you just show me who you really are? And then maybe we can see if this thing works. And instead she ends up using a phone cord to lasso him over the neck. And then, and then she jumps, jumps over off a balcony, the balcony and snaps his neck while she's hanging from the balcony, swinging like a pendulum, which is great. Um, it's like something out of an Argento movie. And that's yeah. the thing that nobody told me about this movie. I'd heard about this movie for so long. Uh-huh. And everyone told me I would like it, and I do actually. I like this movie a lot. Um, but people always talked about it like it was like this really dark and twisted, like romantic comedy. And on one level, it really, really is. What nobody told me was this is El doing Brian De Palma. This is <laughs> yeah, Almodovar. Yeah, he's yeah. very inspired by it's it's got horror elements here. He knows that the fundamental story of Time Me Up, Time Me Down is creepy, but he's using this movie within a movie. To basically give us license to enjoy this movie on the level of fiction. Where it's basically like we are in this world where Hollywood, or the Spanish equivalent, is creating artificiality. Mm -hmm. Therefore, all the artificiality of the film we're currently making is only heightened, and we can take it a little less seriously, and we can have some fun here. So... Antonio Banderas proceeds to break into this woman's apartment after the final day of shooting. Mm. He kidnaps her and says, hey, uh, you're in love with me. We met like a year ago when I was on like leave from the mental institution. And then I got sent back again. Uh, and we had sex and it was great. And you told me you wanted to be with me. And so I'm here. And she doesn't remember this at all. Mm. Possibly because she was doing drugs <laughs> or possibly because he's, it's all in his head. Uh, and he is going to keep her tied up and handcuffed to him as necessary until she realizes that he's the perfect match for her and he's willing to do anything it takes mm. to prove that. Uh, which is horrifying and fucked up. Yeah. But it's Antonio there, Banderas there's, doing it. There's... So th- well, <laughs> but I seems uh... to think
1: it's also a little charming. Yeah, and, and, if, and it's it's presented as, you know, and she of course hates it and is resisting yeah. this guy and is trying to get away, but there is a weird sort of sitcom lightness to this scenario yeah. where it feels more like this is a really bad faux pas rather yeah. than a vicious crime. This
0: is like Lucy has let her latest scheme get out of hand Yeah, <laughs> rather than Lucy is like serial killer going to kill everybody. Lucy,
1: did you sleep with a mental patient? No, Ricky.
0: <laughs> so anyway. that. Yeah, that'd
1: be a really weird episode of I Love Lucy. It would, but it also wouldn't be totally good different. Why did do an I Love Lucy movie? What? Why, did, why did we let why Why did we let Sorkin do it? Make it Almodovar would have done a great bring, great Lucy been really good movie. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the bulk of the movie is sort of the interplay between these two characters, yeah. the, the actress and the mental patient who are, and he's trying really hard to charm her and he does things like buy her chocolates. And, uh-huh. But at the same time, he's incredibly cautious as to letting, you know, untying her and letting, yeah. her, letting her get up from the bed because she,
0: he knows, he knows she's going
1: to try to escape. And she yeah. says aggressively throughout the, the first part of the movie, I'm not going to fall in love with you. This is terrible. You've kidnapped me. This is a terrible crime. Yeah. And like he ends but up then, like. But then. He's a handyman.
0: Yeah, he you knows. He's, he's like, like fixing things around the apartment. Yeah. Uh, he she she has a toothache at the beginning of the thing, and uh, in the scuffle at the beginning, he he hits her. and He feels really bad about it, mm. which is no ex- fucking excuse. That's all horrifying. Um, but uh, he tries to make it up to her by helping her get drugs, and but because she was a heroin addict. Mm. Tylenol isn't doing it for her <laughs> and so she needs to get heavier and heavier drugs. Mm. And it's interesting to note that over the course of the film, as she does kind of seem to start falling for this guy, she's doing more drugs. And she That's, starts yeah. and she starts remembering this uh, this meeting they had earlier in their life and you realize that, okay, so this is getting more romantic as it's also getting infinitely
1: less healthy. There's a lot going on here. And and yet, uh, Almodovar presents all of this as sort of a deepening of their relationship.
0: Yeah. It can be both to Almodovar. Mm. Yeah. Almodovar is bringing up a storyline which is infinitely terrifying in any even quasi-real-world context. Mm. But in the artificial world of Time Me Up, Time Me Down, it's... It's maybe it, it's not a deal breaker mm. in this world. Um, and we keep cutting back to this filmmaker who is trying to finish this movie. And I'm watching this and I'm trying to like sort of like suss out like what are we supposed to get from this movie? And over the course of the film she ends up sort of falling for him maybe they're going to be together maybe it's just her trying to like get him comfortable so that she'll have a better chance to escape but without going into too much detail they kind of get a mega happy ending they totally get a mega happy yeah. ending well kind of and like th- i think it's i think it's worth noting that i think it ends on an on an odd note but they get a mega happy ending but it's preceded very mm. notably by a scene in which the director is watching this final scene of the horror movie he's been making mm and he realizes that I can't leave it here. I've grown to I've grown too attached to the characters. I have to give them a happier ending than this. We need to shoot a new ending. And after that, the movie starts getting a little bit more positive,
1: as you might notice.
0: And it's basically <laughs> it's completely little... breaking the fourth wall. And it's basically him saying, I know that I've been making a horror movie. I know you look at the shots of this, there's this incredible shot. Of like them laying in bed next to each other and you can see Antonio Banderas's like really demonic eyes, like really <laughs> brightly lit behind her. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying shot. He knows he was making a horror movie, but he got too attached to the characters and he decided to make it a happy ending. But the very end of the thing is also kind of an odd note. Where, like, mm. two characters are super happy, but one of them is not. And one of them is maybe starting to realize that they've made a mistake. But before we can really start dealing with that in any meaningful the movie, way, the movie ends. The movie yeah. ends.
1: I love that. <laughs> I, I think what uh, what Almodovar is saying with this movie, there's that cute meta-narrative. Yeah. But I, I think it's a little more direct than that. I yeah. think he is saying that, uh, like our caprices and our appetites, however unhealthy we know they are, are still our caprices and our appetites. Mm. And we kind of sometimes need to follow our unhealthy bliss as it were, because, uh, as, as the film progresses and these two people sort of start to grow really kind of attached to each other, there, there comes in a little bit of charm and, uh, you know, near the end of the film, um, when the Antonio Banderas character is looking for hard drugs and is out on the street and is is spotted by one of, uh, the actress's friends. Yeah. Who's played by, um, that one actress is in all the Almodovar movies. Um, oh. Uh, Rossi De Palma. Yeah. She, she's been in like about a dozen, uh, Almodovar movies. She was in Parallel Mothers. If oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. Yet, oh, okay. yeah. I hear it's good. Uh, yeah, she spots him and they, they understand what's going on. They know who it is. They catch him and they beat him up, but he still yeah. manages well, to get she, She's
0: not one of the actress's friends. She's a drug dealer. Initially he goes off to get her drugs mm-hmm. and he just takes them from her. And then he, when he's going out to get more drugs, she's like, oh, oh we beat God. him up. Rossi De Palma I, is, the, is the drug dealer. You're thinking of uh, Marina's sister. No, I was,
1: I was thinking of Rossi De Palma, but oh, okay. uh, Marina's sister is another friend of hers. I thought she was a friend with the drug dealer as well. I guess that's no. something I it could, put it, together. Theoretically,
0: they could be. Yeah. She was part of that community until relatively recently, but they that, never, that, they never say it. it.
1: That I, got, I guess I invented a connection. I, I mm. had assumed that they had known each other, and no. that's sort of like the drug dealers sort of put that together. No. Yeah, okay. never mind. It's fine.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, he gets he gets beat up. He uh he steals drugs, he is gets the shit kicked out of him. Um and I feel like the movie kind of treats that as kind of a rite of passage like he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back and he's all beat up. It's like, oh, you did that
1: to get I, me smack. I suffered for you. Oh,
0: this is gr- this is really um, romantic in a train spotting kind of way.
1: The, there was <laughs> a lot of these bizarre, subversive comedies, uh, like romance comedy films at the time. Uh-huh. Um, True Romance is another one. Uh, yeah, where no. just, uh Natural Born Killers, but same screenwriter. Um, yeah. Comedies—they
0: have a very dark sense of humor. Those movies. Well, in yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. Th-
1: that these these people are falling deeply deeply in love by committing acts of violence. Yeah, uh, and that was sort of David Grew at the time. This yeah. kind of deconstruction of the romantic comedy tropes yeah. uh, of people falling in love and living a gentle life.
0: Yeah, and the idea of people like falling in love while they've been essentially abducted. That goes back a long-ass time. Hitchcock oh, yeah. did that a bunch of times. Guy's on the run, has to handcuff himself mm-hmm. up to a regular woman he just happened to pass by over the course of the film. Yeah, they fall a, in love.
1: They, they um, call it Stockholm Syndrome, although yeah. that's uh, Been debunked. The, the Stockholm Syndrome has been debunked, but yeah. the, that's the name of this kind of story, I suppose. You can use, still use it as a fictional trope if yeah. you want.
0: Yeah, it turns oh. out Stockholm Syndrome was invented to uh, basically... Uh, uh, there was a hostage situation... In in uh, Stockholm. In Stockholm. And uh, the police were bungling it up and fucking it up and going to get everyone killed. And when they talked to one of the hostages, she said, no, don't trust the cops. And they said, oh, well, she's been hypnotized. (laughs) It was basically sexism.
1: She's clearly fallen in love with her captain. And 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 instead she just uh,
0: recognized that the police are inherently corrupt. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome is
1: sexism disguised. It's not not a thing. Uh, But but uh, movies have been using it for forever. uh, And... I've said it before, and I need to keep on repeating it. Uh, Hollywood movies are the worst possible place to get your facts, especially when it comes to mental illness. Yes. Uh, I mean, Pedro Almodovar has a guy released from a mental institution, And he's just a a guy who commits crimes and that's, that's his mental illness. He's a crime committer. Like
0: he's, he's, Uh, people like him. Like there's this weird subplot where he looks like a young Antonio Banderas. Well, that's the thing. He gets gets away with it because he's a hunk. Yeah. And he's a hunk. This is young Antonio, old Antonio Banderas is hot. My God. (laughs) Young Antonio Banderas just breaks the (laughs) needle on the meter. You use a pain and glory, right? Oh yeah. 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 No, no, no. I've, I've been, Listen. I've been in love with Antonio Banderas since at least Desperado Yeah, like I'm just like oh my god holy
1: shit there's, there's a phenomenon uh, in, in certain movies called buy panic
0: uh-huh. it's like
1: I'm attracted to her and uh, oh shit <laughs> uh, there was
0: no panic involved no, no, no. I just like yeah no, like I, holy shit
1: whatever your sexuality yeah. is you are attracted to both Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek in the yeah. movie Desperado No, we like, R- yeah.
0: knew. Roberto Rodriguez knew he was making a sexy movie and he yeah. made a sexy movie because just, if you just, have Antonio Banderas yeah. it's going to be sexy anyway just, just you just might is well, lean into
1: it Robert Rodriguez Yeah You, you said it? Roberto Oh sorry It was just Robert <laughs> I was thinking that I, I got Antonio and Roberto Antonio R- yeah, yeah, Roberto yeah, no, My apologies no, no, I get it, I
0: get it. Um, But um, mm. Where was I going with this <laughs> it's just, Oh But because he's Antonio I was thinking about this As I was watching the movie Like If this exact plot Was done Like in the 1930s But the Antonio Banderas character Was played by Peter Laurie, That's a very different film He could be given The exact same performance mm. There would be a very Different vibe yeah, Because he's not outwardly appealing yeah. in the way that Antonio Banderas no. is. And so Antonio Banderas is getting away with a lot. And I think Dovar mm. knows that. Yeah.
1: I, he might have been riffing on the movie Nine and a Half Weeks. Uh, which yeah. is uh, with Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, um, which was a big hit at the time because, yeah. and it was really controversial because it was so sexual and it was about uh, sort of people discovering each other through rough sex, mm-hmm. or kind of exploring kink a little bit, you know, pu- public sex and a lot of uh, other other kinky things. And uh, Almodovar is trying to remove a little bit of the darkness and the shame from that sexuality mm-hmm. in Time Me Up, Time Me Down. Uh, we meet... Uh, You know this Our main character And she Is is a former uh, Former porn performer Mm -hmm. Former former sex worker uh, Now Now having retired From that business And gone into uh, Non-sex acting But there's also A masturbation scene Early in the movie Yeah Where she's in the tub And she's just getting off
0: Yeah And And it's it's pretty explicit
1: And it's 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 incredibly explicit explicit. She has like a little tub toy I feel like more uh, than
0: anything That's the scene That got them an end Since everything Yeah because there's Like close up of
1: genitals And um But it's presented as, you very know... Very playful. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a yeah. very upbeat thing. It's a very positive thing she's doing in that yeah. scene. And uh, I think Almodovar was trying to put a lot of positivity back into sex. And yeah. indeed, when she and Antonio Banderas finally go at it, and yeah. it's a long, very explicit sex scene. But it's a very happy sex scene. They're yeah, having a good they're, time. They're both having a good time. They're using a lot yeah. of, like very explicit language that you weren't used to hearing in any kind of movie, But it's also
0: real. It's actually language people, stuff people actually would say when they were having sex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: You know, uh, positioning genitals, that sort of thing. You know, explicit, but you know, the kinds of mechanical things you're talking about when you're having a good communicative sexual encounter. Yeah. Uh, It's a very very positive thing for both of them. Uh, So, at the time when this came out in 1990, uh, that was seen as, you know, unbelievably shocking. Mm Mm-hmm. This this sort of explicit sexual language being used in movies, mm. I hardly registered it watching it this <laughs> late in, in history. Given the ubiquity of like internet porn sure. and the way a lot of sex work has been uh, mainstreamed mm. in in recent decades, yeah. uh, this sort of film doesn't. I think doesn't quite have the same sort of punch that it did when it first came out. Oh, it
0: can't, but it also Mm. is more sexually forthright Mm. than a lot of American cinema. I was thinking about like, there, there is this weird tradition of kidnapping as a form of playful drama. Yeah. where it's not that big a deal. Oh. And oftentimes it leads to romance. And I'm thinking of things like... Pe- uh are
1: tie- tied to a chair and they have playful banter.
0: Or or, or like Overboard, for example, where Gold oh, Goldie Hawn go. uh, yeah. loses her memory and Kurt Russell, this employee kind of she was mean to, her, yeah. he basically says, oh yeah, we're married, and he keeps her at home and she can do chores and eventually they fall in love. That movie's monstrous.
1: <laughs> That's a terrible thing. <laughs> Everything he does no, in that movie terrible. They remade it, and uh, in order to do yeah. so, they had to gender flip it. It's yeah. still... Pretty monstrous. It's still pretty monstrous. Yeah. It handles it a little
0: bit better in that mm. remake. It's not as funny, I guess, no, maybe because the cast isn't like Anna, Out, Anna Faris and Jude. You are your good, oh, yeah. but like this the material. The material isn't great. No, <laughs> they're doing the best they can anyway. Uh, but there's that. Uh, there's bandits with like uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Kate Blanchett oh, yeah. and I didn't see that uh, one. Billy Bob Le- uh, uh, Thornton. Uh, Bear Levinson. No. Uh, Excess baggage with Benicio yeah, del yeah. Toro and Alicia Silverstone. Uh, on the in the indie scene, Buffalo '66 mm-hmm. was like this: a lifeless ordinary. I think it's a little underrated but that's also I going to bring that one yeah, up that uh, the,
1: these dark romance and then, then there's like just,
0: just funny kidnapping movies like 9 to 5 where people get kidnapped and it works out great mm. um, kidnapping is the fun crime yeah, in a lot man. of movies and I actually think as much as this movie apparently got a lot of shit from some critics for sort of romanticizing this weird I'm going to kidnap you until you love me kind of thing mm. um, Almodovar isn't afraid to film it like a horror movie Overboard was <laughs> you know, a lot of these other there, movies which, way use, to, which use which use kidnapping as a plot point, uh,
1: just play with it and make it seem like a, not a big deal. This at least it's a big deal. There's been a few uh, efforts recently to turn something light or comedic uh into a horror movie with a remake. Oh. Uh Banana Splits movie oh, I yeah, did yeah. that. Uh there was a, a horror movie version of Fantasy Island. Yeah. I I kind of wish that a lot more movies took a lot of these sort of dark premises yeah. from Comedies
0: overboard is a and, terrifying and movie. turned it into like a suspense. Thriller. Yeah, you should. I would love to see like Karen Kusama do overboard yeah, as a horror oh, thriller. Great, that's a terrifying fucking movie. Like, it's really mm. not cool. Like, I feel as though Time Me Up, Time Me Down, even though they want to have their cake and eat it too, at least they had the kidnapping is bad cake mm. in the movie. Whereas, I feel as though, like, even nine to five, which is a brilliant movie. Kidnapping not so bad in that film. Mm. Kidnapping is completely justified in the moral universe of nine to five. I mean, Dabney well, Coleman's well, I mean, a he's dick, a, but he's like, a bad boss. He's a something. very bad boss, so it's fine to kidnap him for a long yeah. time. Uh, no, there, actually,
1: <laughs> I feel like that one of the a film that kind of did a, was an antidote to that and. Uh, to bring him up again, but uh, it's a Kevin Spacey movie oh. uh, called Swimming with Sharks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, starring Frank Whaley, who yeah. plays like an intern at a film studio, and he has and uh, he's got the world's worst world's boss worst boss played by Kevin, Kevin Spacey, and yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's his castings on point. Yeah, um, yeah, and
1: yeah, that's like. He kidnaps him and tortures him because yeah. he's just such a horrible boss, like when, deliberately giving him paper cuts, which he suffered at the office, that when, kind of stuff. When that
0: movie came out, there was a lot of appreciation of it as a very bleak, black comedy. It's about, not a
1: comedy, though. Well, like, that's, it it's really, undu- it's like really horribly it's, bleak. It's
0: genuinely horrifying, but the idea was, unfortunately, and as we've seen with the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff, um, mm really horrible abusive people in the industry do exist. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of having some sort of cathartic dramatic fictional revenge on them mm. was deeply appreciated by a lot by of people, people at the time when history, that came yeah. out.
1: So that's where that movie got its power, I yeah, think. I, I remember working at a Blockbuster video, uh, when about when yeah. that movie came out and I'd seen it and I liked it. So I was recommending it yeah. to people and Frank Whaley is, is on point in that movie. Michelle I mean, Forbes is in that movie. I love Frank Whaley. Frank Whaley, Whaley should have had a bigger career. Really like he, should and he, he had a pr- pretty good career, he's, but he should have had a bigger he, one. Yeah, he, he should still be
0: in prominent things. Yeah, like,
1: like he has a lot of range. He usually played sort of like sad mm. sack characters. You may
0: remember, if you don't know the, uh, the name, he was the guy in Pulp Fiction who has to like, tried it he's the one that he was the, the one uh,
1: eating the big Huna burger at the yeah, beginning yeah. yeah
0: he's got a he's got a prominent role there uh what else would you he, he was in career opportunities with jennifer connelly i guess that was his biggest, like, that was his biggest studio movie that was the one that like could have made him a mainstream yeah. uh, uh a hit um anyway, yeah, frank, I'm a fan. Frank,
1: frank whaley's really good i'm but, a fan yeah, um i, I recommended uh, swimming with sharks to somebody who's like okay it's in the comedy section. This is not a comedy film. No, it's very dark. And uh, yeah. and so I, I recommended it to this young couple and they returned it later. It's like, so what do you think of the movie? Because you could do that in video stories. That was ah, the interaction you had. That was great. You recommended it to somebody and they took it home and they watched it and they brought it yeah. back and you got to have a conversation about the movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the young woman said, uh, yeah, you're right. That was not a comedy film, but it was really intense and I really yeah. liked it. And uh, her boyfriend said, oh no, I thought it was really funny because I work in the industry and I've had bosses just like that. It's like, it's like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit, dude. Yeah, it's not I, cool. I, I, don't, I didn't believe him that bosses no, yeah. got that bad.
0: No, but it's true. Mm. Um, did you ever, I because I worked at a few video stores and I also miss the, uh, this is what I like about Twitter. A lot mm. of the time I try to, one of the reasons why I try to be as approachable on Twitter as a critic, at least in a critical capacity as I can. Like if you tweet me asking for like a film recommendation and i have the free time uh-huh. i will help like i will do what i can or i will be like uh-huh. hey what's a what's like a horror movie i haven't seen mm. from the 90s or whatever like that mm. um so i miss that like yeah, being able yeah. to give a recommendation and being and i and I always and just say hand,
1: hand a person the video and they watch it like and, that and, I'll, and uh, I'll give
0: you a recommendation or i'll whittle down your choices or like that i'll try to like steer you in the direction of something good fun interesting uh, but the, my request is always let me know what you thought
1: yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: Doesn't have to be a lie. You can say I liked it, whatever. But I just want to know what you thought because I missed that. My favorite thing ever, and this only happened a few times. Did you ever, when you were working at a video store, recommend a movie to someone and then they rented it oh. and when they returned it, they hugged you? That's not happened
1: to me. Although uh, I've, I've had that a couple of times. I, I created a Mystery Science Theater Obsessive. Ooh, uh, a, a kid came in. He, he could have been like more than 11. Yeah. And, and uh, he's, the, the fa- his father actually came up to me mm-hmm. and said, recommend something, so I don't have to watch the same three movies over and over. And this kid yeah. watches the same. He's eleven. He only watches the, like these three, and he always yeah, rents yeah. these same ones. And I wanted to get something else. So it's like here, here's a movie about an old movie where they're watching this old movie and they're kind of talking about it and talking yeah. through it and pointing out like how silly it is. And he he looked really skeptical. And when he came back, he's like, "Do you have any more of that? I need more of that." Like it, it's like I gave him his first fix. I, mean, nice. I felt I felt kind of horrible for a second. It's like <laughs> come with me, like come under my wing, child. Yeah, we have. The wonders of EGA await you. <laughs>
0: nice. I had, a, I had a guy come in and uh, he was like, listen, I've seen every action movie. Uh-huh. I've seen every, I think I've seen every great action movie and there's nothing surprises me anymore. I've never seen an original action sequence in years. What have you got? And I steered him to a film that barely got released. Nobody talked about it. Kind of flew under the radar. Mm. It's not a brilliant movie, but it's a cool action movie. And I gave him Equilibrium.
1: Oh, that's a pretty fun. Movie.
0: Equilibrium, like, is the plot's a little on the nose, but the action's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. In Equilibrium, uh, they had to invent a new martial art for Equilibrium called Gun Kata. Gun
1: Kata. <laughs> It's
0: basically kung. You know, like some some kung fu is like weapon based. Like, you know, we re- really specialize in the staff or the, the sword or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one is basically, what if they invented a martial art involving guns?
1: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Handguns.
0: Yeah, and it's awesome and, it's full of amazing fight choreography yeah. and he rented it and he came back and he
1: hugged me <laughs> I, I, was li- I was looking up Frank Whaley just because yeah. I, I was interested he, he's been acting pretty constantly oh, sure. uh, the he's last movie I saw in yeah. was Hustlers uh, he yeah. was in Monster Drugs before was that wasn't Hustlers uh, wasn't he I he, was, in, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was one of the, uh, one of the, the business guys that, yeah, they, yeah, that yeah. they hustled but uh, here's something I didn't really register in 1989 mm. the year before uh, Time Me Up Time Me Down just so we can keep it in the conversation nice <laughs> uh, this <laughs> <laughs> really stupid uh, kids horror movie came out called Little Monsters oh, I little with monsters, Fred yeah. Savage and Howie Mandel and it's about Fred Savage a l- little too old to believe in under the bed monsters meets <laughs> an under the bed monster Yeah, played by Howie Mandel and it turns out the shadow under your bed is a portal to a monster dimension Yeah, so you climb under your bed and you sink in and you go into yeah. this monster dimension great
0: idea not a great movie
1: no no, and the, yeah. the design on the monsters is really awful and yeah. the, the world is not really like it's kind of unpleasant
0: to, too like he yeah. teams up with the monster to just do unpleasant pranks on people it's and, not fun
1: uh, and it turns out you know, the they are monsters, the yeah. monsters. Like they want cruelty and pain and death, and they're trying yeah. to, to frighten and to hurt people. And they're overseen by this, like very scary, like Nazi schoolboy character ah. that they just call boy. And like he looks like an ordinary kid, but he's like a like one little like monstrous feature. And he's the one who wants to kill everybody. And that's Frank Way. Oh, <laughs> shit. <It's> like, <laughs> I had no but idea. That's an interesting role for early role it's, it's for Frank. Really Whaley. weird. I
0: have no memory of that. That's yeah. amazing. And Frank
1: Whaley's like he's got a youthful appearance. So he has played younger yeah. characters. than. Well, that'll is, but...
0: that'll be a schmodon question someday. Yeah, who, um, who, who
1: played boy in Little Monsters? Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, but back back to, back Almod- to Tammy, Almodovar. Tammy yeah. Um So yeah, it, it's difficult to sort of have the same power that it once had, just because explicit mm. sex is. Like images from explicit sex are a lot more common across yeah. popular culture now. But they're not in. But they're not in. They're like not conventional in the main, cinema anymore. Like, conventional well, cinema is fact, more chased than ever. Yeah, in some c- conventional cinema because of the the ex- proliferation of of sex work and online yeah. pornography.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, there's People aren't been looking a, a to get stronger, their sex there anymore. Yeah, there's been a, like a stronger divide. You don't because you can get you know as as explicit sex as you want on film yeah. at the touch of a button now there's no sense of thrill of getting that at a movie theater right. it, it mixed in with your film and as such a lot of mainstream feature films have shied away from that the yeah. pg13 rating is uh, where all of the biggest hits are now
0: i've heard uh, people talk about how they just don't think sex is necessary in yeah, a story all anymore these, which i think these is co- a
1: all the time about oh yeah. nudity isn't isn't necessary in film bullshit people have nude bodies i would i would Show argue them. that i uh, would argue
0: that in this particular film sexuality yeah. is Key to the story, yeah.
1: How a person yeah. has sex can communicate a lot about the characters. Yeah. Well, and, and also the who they are
0: while they're having sex, because yeah. yeah. the sex is where they actually meet in a genuine place. Yeah. They're, they're for whatever you know. There, all of the everything falls away mm. when they're having sex. When they stop having sex, there's still the will I won't I escape the kidnapping, but mm. the sex is very consensual. Yeah, and they're enjoying themselves, mm. and without. That the movie changes dramatically.
1: Well, and, and, but unfortunately people have come to, I feel, uh, equate any kind of display of nudity or sexuality with porn. Yeah. Uh, it's only meant to titillate and arouse and yeah. it can kind of lift out of a movie and that's true of a lot of sex scenes yeah, there's a lot it's of like really a l- little little miniature sexual intermission to the well, drama
0: okay, here's uh, a case in point think about how many trailers you've seen for a major movie where you know towards the end of most trailers there's like a montage of clips from the film yeah. you notice how many of those montages even from movies that aren't, have no sexuality whatsoever there's like one kind like, like of sexy shot of like a kiss you know, yeah, the, or like the, someone the, the, in a yeah. bikini or someone yeah, like yeah. unzipping their shirt or something Something like that like there's always like one kind of sexy they find the sexiest shot they can find in the right. movie and they make sure they put it in the trailer that's not they're not promising you anything it's just they know that sex is part of the human brain but we're not actually going to give it to you
1: yeah anymore. It's, it's it's weird it's incredibly frustrating it's in, especially frustrating when it comes to because when you're not showing sex and most, most of the characters don't really have any kind of demonstrative sexuality whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, we're also missing out on a lot of important representation. And mm. I feel like when, and I've complained about this before, um, there, there's a TV show called Loki. It's part of the Marvel mm. Universe. And uh, in one line in one episode, he, uh, Loki, a male character, implies that uh, he's had sex with men and women. Yeah. J- just implies. Like, still, I, he says He says it, he He says, like, I've had sex with princes. Oh, great. Yeah, bisexual character. Okay.
0: Yeah. Explicitly
1: stated. Cut that one scene. He's not bisexual anymore. Agreed.
0: Because it it doesn't affect his
1: interactions. If you don't have sex in your movies, you don't have sexuality in your movies. Yeah. There's no physical. There's no attraction. Exactly. Nobody's attracted
0: to one another unless they're explicitly Mm. saying so in the text.
1: Yeah. So as such, we've had a new age of haze code level coding going on in modern cinema. And, but it's, uh, it's
0: kind of self imposed now. Which yeah, is which is really frustrating. To. And
1: audiences are are looking for it too. They're they're mm. sort of but, pr- seem to appreciate the crumbs well, more than the feasts.
0: And I want to make it clear that there's like there is something to be said about this um you know, we're talking about like how sexuality is so important to so many people. Not everybody. There are asexuals in the world who, yeah, who will well, look at the yeah. who will look who who might appreciate that. Uh, well, but, but that's it, not if, everybody, and there are definitely other people out there, and not every character represents every single... And,
1: and wouldn't it be keen if yeah. this is an asexual character, if that was also explicitly stated? Yeah. It's like, I, I'm going to come on to you, I'm a sexual character, and the other character says, I'm an asexual character. I, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. G- give me cake, I'll be interested. <laughs> we can go on a date, and we can have a nice beer, and have cake, and have yeah. pizza, and cuddle yeah. on a couch, but I am, I am asexual, and we're not going to go there. Yeah. And... And, you know, the, then the other character would say, fine, cake is on. You know, whatever, yeah, whatever, or, or yeah. however...
0: Or, yeah, or, or, or it would go however it goes. But, like, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, but my point is this. But there the, are you different... Know, expi- if they explicitly say that, my, I think that would be better representation. But that's my point, is that whatever. I feel
0: like what we need is more explicit awareness hmm. of characters and their sexuality. When it's relevant, it's not always. But a lot of the times it is. Or a lot of the times it will affect the way that they would interact with other people. Especially if they were, you know... Young and looking for love Like mm. a lot of people are in movies um, And whatever their sexuality is mm. It would inform their relationships With at least some of the other characters Yeah in Either because they're attracted to them Or because they could, you know Bond over mutual attraction uh, And yeah, there's not a lot of that mm. Anymore And that's Weird. It's a pity, I think. It's weird. It's taking a lot of the tools out of the toolbox story wise, and that's really frustrating for me. You don't have to use all the tools in the toolbox, but I feel like they should always be there. Yeah. Um. And uh, boy does Almodovar know how to use them. Uh. Anyway, time me up, time me down. I- I'm really, really glad I saw this. This is very. Mm. M- I didn't. I. I loved. Uh, I loved that it was. A horror movie that found its way into a romantic comedy. Yeah. I love that by the end it is kind of a romantic comedy, but at the very end it kind of remembers this is still kind of fucked up. Like yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's subtle, but I do think the last shot of the or the last like second to last shot of the movie mm-hmm. is one of the characters remembering. Wait a minute, oh, wait, is this what fucked if, what up? If, what if we It's like wait a minute, you this... guys
1: will go back and you live together, Man. and the, you stole a <laughs> car. We'll just leave it. Wait a minute, what are we doing? <laughs> wait a minute, is this
0: what the fuck? credits like that's kind of what happens in the movie and I really love that I really love how aware Almodovar is of how he's pushing something that so many movies will just treat as whimsy
1: Hmm.
0: some light kidnapping in the midst of this comedy Uh, but um, yeah I think he understands that it is fucked up but it is also part of this weird fairy tale universe of cinematic romance we have created for ourselves and that the horror of the reality of the situation and the fairy tale quality to the sort of melodrama are weirdly intertwined. Mm-hmm. And it all basically depends on the whim of the director, doesn't it? Yeah. Um and he's a director who wants both. And I'm really fascinated by this film. I really like this film a lot. Um it's not gonna be for all tastes, but I really dug it and I hope you did too. And that is it for Critically Reclaimed. Uh, We'll be back next time With a review of an action movie On Netflix
1: Action movies Are uh, Movies that feature violent scenes uh, Uh, And uh, and a lot of movement Or peril, anyway Movies of peril
0: Yeah, not necessarily violence, but definitely a lot of peril
1: Can we stop calling them action movies and start calling them Cinema of Peril I like Cinema of Peril Sounds, sounds a little bit more uh, yeah, Adventure high-minded. movie implies That they're all a quest And I don't think that's right. I think perilous movies Perilous movies Yeah I will stop using action movies Forthwith
0: Yeah we're gonna do you, wanna, do you wanna go see The new Peril Yeah <laughs>
1: There's
0: a new Peril movie a Playing new, at the multiplayer There's a new Perilous flick Yeah because yeah You can have an action movie That's more about like Environmental disasters And like mm-hmm. it's not actually About people trying to Kill each other It's not mm. violent per but se there, It's people trying to Save their lives There's peril Yeah there's danger You
1: know, know, violent, you know, people doing violence to one another is a big element of many peril
0: movies Very much Uh, But in any case, your options over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network Every one of our patrons, regardless of what tier they're on, get to vote Your options are as follows Abduction it is the final film directed by John Singleton. It stars Taylor Lautner as Another a young Another kidnapping man. film. Hey. Yeah, I know, right? It like Taylor Lautner is a teenager who begins to suspect that the people who raised him kidnapped him as a baby. And it leads to a big chase and all kinds of stuff. I remember Taylor Lautner. Uh, those were the days. He was Shark Boy. He was just in a movie a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I know. Um, next up, a Cliffhanger, starring Sylvester Stallone a, as a cliffhanger. He hangs off cliffs for a living. It's a Rennie Harlan film. Yep. Uh, and uh, next up, we got Double Team, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Which, um, That was a that, weird that's, thing that's he did. That's not
1: the Choi Hark Van Damme film, is it? Well,
0: no Troy, no, Troy Hark, Hark, did, Hark the, did knock off He did knock that off was I think Hark. He did, he did um, double
1: team Hold on Yeah, double team Dennis Rodman uh, if, if you don't recall Was uh, an ostentatious uh, Professional basketball player yeah. No, Troy Hark did double team too Oh, he did double team too Okay, yeah, he yeah. did double team as well okay. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, so Troy Hark uh, Working <laughs> in the United States With uh, a The Muscles from Bustles.
0: Yep. It won three Razzie Awards uh, for for how little that's worth. And then lastly, the Walter Hill Western The Long Riders.
1: Uh, Walter Hill. Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah. The gimmick with The Long Riders, it's about... um, Famous uh, Western outlaws mm-hmm. who were brothers, like teams of brothers, and uh, Walter Hill cast actual acting brothers to play the brothers on camera. Yeah, so you have Stacy Keach and his brother. You have three Carradines playing yeah. three characters: Dennis Quaid, three Quaid, and and Quaid. Quaid and Randy Quaid. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, which is cool, honestly. Mm-hmm. So That's a, a neat it's a fun idea. gimmick. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's oh, and, about it's about Chris, the Jesse James. Christopher
1: gang. Guest yeah. and his brother are in this yeah, movie as well. Yeah, Nicholas
0: Guest. Nicholas Everyone knows Guest. Nicholas Guest.
1: I'm kind of upset that they didn't get Sylvester and Frank Stallone. Uh, but this was 1980. He was already too big a star at that point. Yeah, probably. would have been kind of a distraction. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, but uh, so that's a Western. It's very well respected. Uh, but I've never seen it. So mm. maybe we'll check it out next week. Depends on what wins the poll. So yeah. once again, your options are Abduction, Cliffhanger, Double Team, and The Long Riders. We'll review one of those. whoa! Um, and, oh, and once again, uh, we might start making this bi-weekly and alternating every week between this and cancel too soon yeah, yeah. so just a heads up we know we kind of missed a week and that all got messy because scheduling uh, was well, weird and our, our yeah.
1: scheduling is changing we're sort yeah. of uh, re- revamping slightly and yeah. trying to put things out on a different schedule it yeah
0: well, maybe not, not so
1: quite intense a clip yeah and uh but we'll still be giving you some yeah and, but
0: like now that you're not working really late at night all the time we might be able to we're going to equalize, I hope. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, we're in a bit of a mild transitional phase. Hopefully it won't get too messy. Uh, but anyway, just in case. So if there's not the episode this week, there'll be an episode next week, and mm-hmm. we'll do it alternate. But anyway, uh, but whatever we'll vote for, that's what we'll do in Critically Reclaimed Returns. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to every single one of our patrons for voting, for keeping the show afloat. Uh, If you want to join, it's called patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have a lot of exclusive shows dedicated to things like Star Trek, the Academy Award nominees for Best Picture throughout the entire history of the Academy Awards. Uh, Every single episode of the 1960s, Batman. We got commentary tracks. We have hangouts uh, with our patrons every single month. There's a lot of stuff going on over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network, and we're just incredibly grateful to all of our patrons without whom we would not be here. Uh, and of course You can always uh, Talk to us about anything We discussed in this episode Or anything else You want to talk about If you email us At letters At criticallyacclaimed.net Dot net We might read your email On an upcoming episode Of We've Got Mail We also have a P.O. Box For those who prefer To write, who prefer to write letters That's Or right. print them out mm-hmm. Whatever you'd prefer Whitney what is our P.O. Box uh, It is P.O. Box
1: 641565 Los Angeles California 90064 And of
0: course On Twitter At critic acclaim I am at William Bibiani I'm at Whitney Seibel And uh I guess that's oh, well, we'll the re- end of the podcast. We'll
1: reclaim you later. They're,
0: we're done now. Goodbye. <sighs> Bye. <laughs>